Hi, boys and girls. This is Ms. Kathy. I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. Invincible Courage by Rachel Whitaker Cabos. 13-year-old Mary Andrews sighed as she trudged up a snow-covered street in La Coudre, Switzerland. The big lake below the town looked cold and gray, not sparkling and beautiful as it had been in the fall when she'd arrived with her father and her older brother Charles. This isn't what I thought it would be like to be a missionary, she thought, shifting her market basket to her other arm. She had imagined big tent meetings followed by joyful baptisms. Instead, she spent endless hours memorizing French verbs, cooking, and cleaning. If only Mother were here, she thought, we could do the housework together. But her mother had died two years earlier before the Andrews family had been chosen as the first official Seventh-day Adventist mission team to work outside North America. Blinking back tears, Mary hurried toward the bakery. As usual, the shop had no nutritious whole-grain bread like her mother used to make. She couldn't even find whole wheat flour. White bread would have to do. Eyeing the meager pile of Swiss francs in her purse, she turned toward the produce stands. Her father's instruction rang in her ears— Buy only the cheapest things you can find. We need to save as much money as possible for the tracts we want to print to share the Adventist message. When she finished shopping, Mary glanced up at the tall clock tower. Almost five o'clock. If I don't hurry, I'll miss my chance to speak English. Mary, Charles, and their father had made an agreement. To force themselves to learn French, they would talk in English for only one hour per day, from five o'clock until six o'clock in the evening. Mary rushed up the steps to their apartment. "'What did you get at the market?' 17-year-old Charles asked eagerly. "'I wanted to get some apples, but they were too expensive,' Mary burst out. "'But I did find this cabbage. I think I can make soup with it.' Charles eyed the small green head. "'At least it'll be a change from potatoes,' he said, forcing half a smile. "'The good thing is,' Mary rushed on, eager to express herself in her native language, "'one of the shopkeepers asked me some questions, and I understood almost everything she said.' "'That's wonderful,' Charles encouraged her. "'I understand people better, too, now that we've been here a few months.' "'I wish Father were home,' Mary lamented. "'It's been so lonely these past few weeks without him. "'I hope his visit to those Sabbath keepers in Prussia is going well.' "'Maybe we'll get a letter from him soon,' Charles said. "'Let's say another prayer for him before dinner.' "'When their father, Pastor J. N. Andrews, returned from his trip, "'he enthusiastically described a group of forty-six people "'who were keeping the Sabbath.' When I told them that there are thousands of Seventh-day Adventists in America, they had tears in their eyes, he told his children. Pastor Andrews paced the floor as he spoke. If only we had our tracts printed. We need to produce them in French and German and Italian. There are so many people to reach. We'll learn French as fast as we can, Mary and Charles promised. Then we can do more outreach. With the help of a translator, the Andrews family published six tracts in French over the next year. A new missionary couple, Pastor and Mrs. Bordeaux, helped them conduct evangelistic meetings in a nearby town. Mary had the joy of seeing one of their new friends, a college teacher named Mr. Offrank, baptized. Mr. Offrank had to quit his job to keep the Sabbath. When the Andrews and Bordeaux families moved to Basel, Switzerland, the Offrank family came too. "'Your father wants me to help with a new magazine he plans to produce,' Professor Alfrank explained to Mary. "'He'll write most of the articles, and I'll translate them into French. "'And you'll have a job, too,' Pastor Andrew smiled at his teenage daughter. "'After we're finished, you can check the articles carefully to make sure there are no mistakes.' 
But I'm not that good at French, Mary protested. I make far more mistakes than Monsieur Alfranc. Nonsense, the professor exclaimed. You speak French as well as any French girl. Mary blushed and shook her head, but she determined to do her best. Sure enough, she found a few misspelled words and several missing punctuation marks. You've learned our language well, Professor Alfranc beamed as he checked her work. When the magazines came back from the printer, Mary surveyed the pile proudly. Le signe des temps, they said on the cover. The signs of the times. Now many more people can hear about Jesus' soon coming, Mary exclaimed. But her work wasn't finished. She and Charles spent hours folding the magazines and getting them ready to mail. Then they had to start the next issue. Soon the missionaries heard from people who were reading the magazine. Listen to this letter, Pastor Andrews announced, his eyes sparkling through his small round glasses. It's from a Dr. Ripton in Italy. He got our magazine from a friend, and now he's decided to keep the Sabbath. Praise God! With Mary working long hours on the magazine, it was a good thing the family had hired a maid. Unfortunately, she was the worst cook they'd ever met. Besides, there was still never enough money to fill the cupboards and print the next issue of the magazine. One Sabbath, their father awoke with a high fever and a sharp pain in his chest. Should I call the doctor? Charles asked. No, Pastor Andrews commanded. But as the day wore on and his breathing grew more labored, he finally agreed. When the doctor saw their father's bony frame, he gasped. This man's almost starved to death, he cried. Pastor Andrews lay sick for weeks. News of his illness traveled to America, where church members and leaders became alarmed. They quickly raised $10,000 to send overseas. Ellen White even sold a silk dress someone had given her and gave the $50 for the Andrews family. The church also sent three new missionaries to help, Maud Sisley and William and Jenny Ings. Maud and Mr. Ings helped with the magazine, but Mrs. Ings took over a crucial mission field, the kitchen. Soon she was cooking nutritious meals to keep the growing team well fed. Then it was Mary's turn to get sick. Each day her cough grew worse and she stayed in bed a little longer. I'm worried she might have consumption, Mrs. Ings whispered to Mary's father. I fear it too, Pastor Andrews said, his brow furrowed in concern. Consumption, or tuberculosis, killed many young people at the time. I'm going back to the United States soon for the 1878 General Conference session. I've decided to take Mary with me. Maybe the doctors at the Adventist Sanitarium in Battle Creek can help her. As Mary rested aboard the ship on her way to America, she tried not to worry about the future. She knew her health condition was serious. Will I ever come back to Switzerland, she wondered. What will Father and Charles do without me? Who will check the magazine for errors? When she felt well enough to sit up, she sometimes took out the autograph book that her friends had made and sent to her in Europe. She reread the encouraging messages that each person had written. One woman, Mrs. Haskell, had quoted Mark 14, 8. She hath done what she could. Mrs. Haskell had added, Ever so live, my dear Mary, that this testimony may be borne to thee when Jesus comes, and it is enough. Mary thought back over what she had accomplished during the past four years. Her father had always said she was a great help in their work, but she wished she could have done more. Only a few people had been baptized, and there were so many others who needed to hear God's truth. Lord, I have done what I could, she prayed silently. I know that's all you ask. Thank you for making it enough. Epilogue Mary Andrews died two months later at the age of 17. Ellen White wrote a comforting letter to Mary's father. I saw the life-giver come, and your wife and children come forth from their graves with immortal splendor, she wrote. 
Pastor Andrews, Pastor Andrews praised Mary's invincible courage, patience, faith, and hope. He challenged other young people to rise up and take her place in God's work. The story you have heard today is from God's Greatest Stories, written by various authors and compiled by Randy Fischel, and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955. This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church.